0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? Going well as usual,
1: David.
0: How are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, we are recording uh, right now. It is Friday morning. We already recorded this episode, actually, uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, so the second half of the episode will be what we recorded yesterday. Uh, we talked about... Some of the coaching movement and some of the reports from you and others about what uh, might be on the way. Um, but uh, we, uh, it was kind of a busy news day yesterday in the whatever 12 hours after we recorded. Um, yes, it was. When we talk we, we were going to talk about the player decisions and stuff in the first half of this episode. Um, so, yesterday, uh, let's start with the news yesterday because to me, those, the two, beyond dear King deciding to stay. Um, which is easily the biggest story of the offseason. And then, you know, the two defensive ends going pro, uh, that's not like a surprise at all. So to right. me, that wasn't like a, a necessarily a huge story. That was exactly what I expected. Um, the biggest stories I think of the offseason so far have been really the ones that have happened in the last, I guess, three, to, I don't remember exactly when Bubba Bolden said he was going to come back, but basically Bubba's announcement that he's coming back. Um, And then yesterday, Nicosi Perry entering the transfer portal, and Brevin Jordan announcing he's going pro. Again, not totally surprising, but obviously he was uh, one of the the most important guys in this offense. Um, Let's start with Brevin, I guess. Uh, That is the newest news, and again, beyond the two DNs going pro, that is, um, you know, he's a guy who's almost certainly going to get drafted probably in the second or third round. Um, he was a Mackey award finalist last year. Injuries kind of plagued him this year. Um, but again, neither of us were surprised. I don't think many Miami fans were surprised, but obviously it would have been a uh, sort of a dear King type pleasant surprise if he had come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I
1: totally did not expect him to come back. Yeah, I like,
0: He's a pro. Like he is a pro.
1: percent Thought he yeah. was going five percent. I'd be shocked if he came back. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's he's and the reason is because I think he made the smart decision um, to turn pro. I I don't always say that, and I don't say it lightly, but um, he's obviously a really, really good talent, great talent, and um, and, and he just. Uh, he had some injury issues, you know, Yep. and why Even though he doesn't I don't think he feels good about people saying that but he did he did have a he Yeah, he foot missed surgery. a lot of time
0: this year and last year too. He missed quite a bit of time Yeah,
1: that's, yeah he injured his foot badly last year and had that surgery and uh, I'm sure he's, he's obviously he looks so good in that bowl game and um, it, You know he's, he's so good and he's so smart I said in my story, and such a great character, such a great, uh, um, in every way, uh, physically, and mentally, and everything he brings to an NFL team, I think would be great, and he Mm -hmm. should go. Why put yourself at risk for more
0: injury, you know? Yeah, he is, uh, I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts separated himself as like the top tight end in the country this year, and there's a pretty good chance he goes in like the top 10 of the draft but um you know after him the competition for like the number two tight end of this draft is pretty open and uh, you know Brevin will be in that mix I, I don't think he'll get drafted in the first round he just has you know some of those injury concerns um, not that they were not that it's like a need you know not that it's like one thing that keeps plaguing him but obviously like you said he's, he's missed a lot of time um, and then just like his size you know a lot of teams like those six five tight ends Brevin is not that he, yeah but
1: maybe honestly more about the other players than him yeah Yeah,
0: exactly um but yeah i mean he'll be in the mix to be that second third fourth tight end off the board um i'd be shocked if he i'd be pretty surprised if he fell to the third day of the draft and again like i just don't know if there's a lot he could do to increase his value by coming back and that's a lot of times what these decisions come down to right is what what can what can another year do for you you know d eric deciding to come back i think what another year can do for him is he puts up a monster year. He's a Heisman finalist. Like you're, you're just going to climb up draft boards. If you do something like that. Um, maybe Brevin would have like solidified himself as the number one tight end, uh, in next year's draft. But I, I don't necessarily think like any production he did would like do that because I think that, you know, everyone knows he's great, but everyone knows he's you know just a little smaller than NFL teams look for. Um, you know, you, you're drafting him. You're, you know what you're getting at this point. Um, And that's a really good player who is, you know, he's going to play in the NFL probably for a long time.
1: Yeah. And risk benefit is really what you have to weigh in. Right. Exactly. And he'll be, he'll be very good in the NFL and he'll, he'll increase his, I don't know how, whatever money. If he does well enough, and I think he will, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be, and he'll be a
0: guy that interviews well. I can see him doing well at the combine. Like, yeah, he's, He's a guy who's stock. I don't know where like the mock drafts currently have him. I would guess they have him second, third round. He's a guy that you, know, you could easily see some teams fall in love with uh, yeah. because because I, of the personality and because you know some teams like that like speedy, smaller tight end. He's a good blocker by all accounts. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that analysis by any uh, stretch, but yeah, there's there's a lot to like about him, and and there's stuff that teams involved, are gonna and, love
1: and and and, and also the, I think. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as um, the tight ends with the most sh- uh, yak, the most yards yeah this by like a lot. Yeah, three three hundred fifty three. Yes, by a lot. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Bye bye, Brevin. Yeah, uh, and and good luck. Yeah. May I add?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. So kind of speaking of what we were saying with with guys, the risk benefit analysis, guys who can increase their stock by coming back. Uh, you also like the decision by Bubba Bolden to come back, and again, like like you just said, like. You just said Brevin Jordan, it's smart for him to go. You, you think it's smart for Bubba to stay.
1: Oh, absolutely,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Bubba announced on Tuesday with a video, like they're all doing on yep. social media now. And um, this past Tuesday he announced, I think this January 6th, January 5th.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and uh, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, like I said, he's another top player. Defensive player, all around. Jim, all around. Really had a, a lot of the season. He had a great season, and then he 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 definitely tapered off towards the end. He had some he had some not not great games. I uh, some some not great games actually yeah. at towards the end. But there's so many. He's very talented. He was an All-American at uh, USC. Uh, he was you know one of the top recruits in the nation. Is um, He's very strong and intense, and another, you know, seems smart and uh, uh, very uh, just all around. Blocks, kicks, and uh, the, you know, the thing we talked about before we redid this podcast is that some of the stuff that, you know, fumble recoveries or whatever he did, he he does it all, and he's so into it and. But some of his tackling, which some of it was phenomenal in the beginning of the season, his form. But then some of it, he took wrong angles, he missed players. And some of those games, like North North Carolina, and some of the games where they started doing really poorly the defense at the end of the season. NC
0: State, I think he had a a bad missed tackle in the NC State game, if I remember correctly. Well, I
1: don't know, he just, um, he was just like, what? What's going on? Like, he's not... That. but he's so good that I think Bobo will be will get better he's gonna get better because he wants to get better yeah. and because he's good enough he's good enough that he is gonna get better and he's gonna improve his draft stock I don't think I don't think he would have gone that high in this year's draft but he but he can improve it enough to go that high next year
0: yeah, he's a guy where if you did like a highlight reel and you were just like, "This, these are the top ten plays he made this year," and that was all you got to see of it, like anyone, you just got to see everyone's top ten plays. You would think right. he's like a first round pick, like you mentioned, blocks kicks, you know, some of the tackles he made, um, the sideline to sideline stuff that you know he's he really covers the whole field. He, you know, he's he's got the length, he's got the range, he looks the part, obviously, of like an all American type safety. Um, you know, if you just saw his top 10, you'd be like, this is the best safety in the country. He's going to go in the first, ra- first or second round. Um, right. but obviously that's not all scouts. See, they see the good and the bad, and there was just too much bad. I think throughout the year, to, obviously he, he wouldn't be a first round pick and, you know, he, he, good chance he would have been a guy who fell to the, the third day. Um, but by coming back, if you just, we know what the good is. And if you can make the good happen more often, and eliminate the bad, then he's a guy who should easily climb into the second day of the draft, and maybe even the first round. Remember, he's a top fifty recruit in the country coming out of high school. Um, he was, I think, he was really good last year too, as a um, in his first year at Miami before the injury. Obviously, you know, through the first three or four weeks of the season, he was you know, he, he was a Thorpe Award like semifinalist because he was dominant for the first half of the year, basically. Um, True. There were, there were always some flaws in his game. I think he always graded out pretty poorly in coverage. Um, like you mentioned, the angles sometimes weren't great. Um, but, you know, that that's pretty much all teachable stuff. There's no reason he shouldn't be a good cover safety. Like, he's built like a cornerback, basically. Just, like, thicker. And
1: I love this, that when he, when he made his announcement to come back, he said, I've never been satisfied with not being the best. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, my college journey has been filled with many highs and lows. Yet I continue to be committed to the pursuit of greatness. I am by no means a finished product. Yeah. I loved it. And then he said, "I have many areas of development and improvement." Uh, furthermore, my brothers and I have some unfinished business to handle next season. And then I th- he also he wants. To, he said he wants to get a degree. Everything we just talked about, yeah. which, you know, great for him. Mature, mature, good, good attitude.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I like about him returning is. Um, this defense really needs a leader with, um, you know, this year, obviously, we didn't get to see the way, that, like, the kids all interacted and practice and all that like we normally do. Um, right. And, that, you know, that gives us a good sense of who, like, the leaders basically are. Like, who's kind of gathering the guys after practice or whatever, you know, who, just who, who guys tend to gravitate to. Um, right. But we also get a pretty good sense just through who the team sends out for interviews. Like, and we were getting... Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche pretty regularly as like the two guys to like kinda of speak for the defense. Um, okay. in a way in a way that Shaq or Pinkney or Jaquan Johnson would in past years. Um, and Bubba Bolden, they need they obviously need someone to replace those guys and, and Bubba is a natural successor to that.
1: And I just I just wanna
0: include Gilbert Frierson. Yeah, Gilbert Fryerson too. That's a good good the one. Other one. To he's the yep. other one. He's leader and he's
1: gonna be even more of a leader next
0: year. Yeah. So. But Bubba can certainly be you know, those like we said, those two guys were all American type talents, potential first, yeah. second round picks. Bubba is the clearest successor uh to that sort of mantle. If you look at next year's team, there's not really a clear cut like all-American contender on the defense um, when you have considered, you know, usually Miami, it's been producing good defensive linemen. They got to find two new defensive ends. You know, maybe Nesta Silvera takes a leap into that conversation. The linebackers obviously are a lot of questions. The cornerbacks have a lot of questions. Bubba is, is really the one guy that you look at and you're like, this guy can be, um, you know, first team all ACC, potentially an All-American I keep yeah, Gilbert up. Frierson too, but it did, I mean, he's obviously he plays striker, so like it's a little, you know, it's not like all American teams like list that as a position. Like it just makes it a little trickier with him. But yeah, he was really good okay. too. Obviously.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, for sure on all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in the similar category, I don't think we need to spend too much time on him. But Cam Harris announcing he's coming back. Um, another guy who obviously, you know, has something to prove next year with. I'm usually in the camp of if a running back is certain he's going to get drafted, he should go pro. Um, but I just don't think there was a lock. It was a lock that Cam was going to get drafted.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and not only that, David, it's like, uh, to me, that was a slam dunk decision. I mean, you needed to come back because yeah. he has not shown that he's, that he's elite. Uh, he, he, that he is, um, uh, you know, continuously, you know, every now, like he breaks off these beautiful runs. He's definitely talent, talented. He has great hands. Um, and you know, as far as the receiving game goes, he can really burst as far as his speed, but, um, he, he definitely has to improve on his, his every, every down running, if you know what I mean, you know, um. And I think UM really needs him. It was very important for him to come back. Uh, he's another guy that could be a leader, although he's very emotional. He's very sensitive. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the two
0: young running backs constantly praised him for like his leadership throughout the year.
1: I, I, I just think that was a th- he had to do that move because I don't th- he would not be drafted very highly if at all. I, I guess maybe he would be at the the last day, mm-hmm. um, but he could really next year prove something um and help
0: himself a lot yeah i don't um i don't know if he'll ever be drafted highly right like he's you know there's a lot of good running backs in the country he's a little small you know he's he's kind of a classic like great college running back who you know he'll i would guess he'll like play an nfl game one day just because you know running backs cycle through like that um but you know there's a big difference between being guaranteed to get drafted and Having no guarantee to get drafted, and um,
1: draft agent, there's yeah. a huge difference in anything. A fifth round, if you're lucky, a fourth round, a sixth. I mean, it's better, sixth round. It's better than not getting drafted.
0: Yeah, and um, I think he showed some stuff in the bowl game. That he's always been a good receiver, but he was you know really good in the receiving game um, against Oklahoma State, making like catches down the field. Um, obviously, you know Donald Chaney looks the part of a Future superstar. He looks like a guy who could be your featured running back next year. Um, Jalen Knighton, obviously he's really good. They've got a, a talented freshman coming in at that Franklin, who could is big, thick, could be like a short yardage type of guy right away. Um, yep. So the, the you know it's not like he's he's probably not gonna get more carries this year than he did next year, but um, the offense should be better. And if he just can make the most of those opportunities, I'm sure that's the pitch Re- Lashley made to him. Basically, is you know you're not. It's not like you're gonna get. Uh, 100 more carries next year because you're coming back for your senior year but um we're going to be better as an offense and you can be even better and you can show you have a role um not just as a home run hitter but as a receiver and obviously as a leader and again if, if the offense is just more efficient he's going to put up better numbers get more exposure and, and i think he can Potentially climb into like that guaranteed to get drafted range if Miami is is better next year, and obviously okay. like if you're not going to get drafted, it's a good idea to stick around and get your degree and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, totally agree. And also, um, and you know, we could end his discussion on this uh, again. It, it just like with other guys, you know, we were talking about Brevin and how high he would go in the draft. A lot of it has to do with the other players and 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 running backs always are getting injured oh yeah like every year and i don't mean just um it's very hard to stay healthy if you're a running back and you know Jalen Knighton i think had shoulder surgery right who knows how he's going to be next year i'm sure he'll be okay but some people have nagging things that keep coming back uh, you just you just don't know and um so you never know in that department it was just a good move all around yeah
0: all right let's wrap up the player discussion um with, uh, I guess we got, first, we'll, we'll wrap it up with Nicosi, but first, uh, DeAndre Johnson coming in as a transfer uh-huh. from Tennessee. Uh, your thoughts there?
1: Offensive end, uh, I think the more I think about it, the more of a graduate transfer, more of a good move I think it is. Um, he, first of all, he's from Miami Southridge, yep. right? So he played with,
0: what, Mark Pope? I believe he played with Mark Pope, D. Wiggins, oh. DJ Scaife. Oh, yeah,
1: uh, so he knows he's a Miami kid. Yeah, a David, Miami kid.
0: David Cooney, the director of recruiting, was the offensive coordinator at Southridge when right there, he was on he that knows, defense.
1: He knows the culture already yeah. of Miami. He comes from a big, you know, I know they didn't have a great year, but I mean, you know, the SEC is a competition he saw. I, I mean, he's 6'3, 255 pounds listed as, so maybe he's. I always find the guys are a little smaller as far as height, but <laughs> that they say, but. Um, I like that he'll be a fifth-year senior, so he has experience he, this year. I, he played in 10 games. He had he had six tackles for loss and four and a half sacks, mm-hmm. five quarterback hurries, and two forced fumbles. That's that's good. Those are good numbers, and yeah. um, I, I think I, it's a very good move. They need they needed some experience there.
0: Yeah. By all accounts, he was one of Tennessee's most improved players this last year, um, and. You know, this isn't like getting Quincy Roche, where, like, you get that guy and it's a lock that he's going to start and be a star for you. Um, but it right. is, it's like when you get Trayvon Hill or, or some of the other depth type of guys they've got in Chigozi Naruka, where this guy is a lock to come in and contribute and maybe start. You know, it's going to be an open competition, I think, to see who starts at defensive end between you know, Jafari Harvey, Cameron Williams, who both flashed, uh, Chance Williams, who's a. Um, he was a very highly touted incoming freshman who we didn't see very much of. Um, and then Deandre Johnson and, and then maybe, you know, some of the incoming freshmen like Jabari Ishmael, um, you know, even Leonard Taylor, uh, if, if they want to start him at end as he kind of bulks his way up to be a a defensive tackle. Um, Deandre Johnson probably enters the spring as a favorite to start at that position. Uh, but But it's going to be an open competition.
1: For sure, but I think he's going to definitely be a favorite. Yeah, but definitely. I don't know him at all. I don't know his personality. Yeah, just, just no, based
0: I mean, on I his track record and his age and all that, it makes sense. Yeah, and they needed I, it. And they needed it, obviously, trying to replace two really good defensive ends. Um, all right, so Nikosi we'll finish there before we jump over to some coaching stuff. Um, sure. Not a particular surprise after Derek King announced he was coming back. Then, obviously, mm-hmm. Derek's injury in the Cheez-It Bowl – maybe opened the door for Nikosi to come back and you know they obviously I'm sure Miami wanted him back to get a, a you know a backup there in case Derek's not ready for opening day or you know in, in case they got to like slow play him or obviously if he re-injures that knee um but ultimately it still wasn't oh, yeah. surprising because oh, it was. there's there was no clear path for him to start if Derek is back
1: right and it, and I, that was another good move. I, I'm glad. I, he's had a tough time. A lot of it he was his fault. So mm-hmm. he's had a tough time there uh, with maturity issues, some really bad, dumb things that he did yeah. um, as far as, you know, the, the spotlight. <laughs> and um, it, that's in the past. He's been great, as far as I know, as far as I know, as far as we know, the past couple of years. Um, but, I mean, he... He came in for D'Erik, and and he did
0: great. Yeah, I love that he got that last moment, right? You know, if, so, if that game doesn't I, happen, like, let's say D'Erik just plays that game, and it goes as nor- according to plan. Nikosi uh, leaves. Yeah, I, I think Miami fans mostly wish him well, but now, you know, there's, it's just a good moment for him to leave his career off on, as opposed to, you know, the last time he played. I guess it was last year, and, he, you know, it was that quarterback controversy between him and Jaron, and no one was oh, yeah. happy by the end of the year.
1: Classy guy, you know this this season. And in waiting and being mm-hmm. patient. And came in and we didn't ever hear him complain on social media or anything like that. And um, and he had a he had a great game. Uh, 19 to 34 for 228 yards and two touchdowns, uh, no picks. Uh, came right in and took control. You're you're freezing cold. You come in that game. Who who would have expected it? Derrick to, to hurt his knee, and um, classy. You know, in the post, the media session we had right after the game, um, and um, loved his teammates. You can't argue that he loved. He loved UM no matter what happened with him. All the bad things he went through, he loved UM and was loyal to UM. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, at a certain point, I don't think anybody wanted Nikosi Perry. Now, I have a feeling I, this was the right time for him to go because yeah. he could have stayed, okay, and, and yeah, okay, and yes, maybe Eric won't be ready for the first game against Alabama. So what good does it do you if you start against Alabama and should get killed in that game yeah. <laughs> or whatever, you're still, you got behind you Jake Garcia, one of the top, incoming recruits in the country who's supposedly like fantastic and then uh you've got tyler van dyke who they've been grooming and it'll be a redshirt freshman who's supposed to be very good and then you've got um and really i well that's it but the the, the point is they're the kids you're grooming right for the future and and so perry might have gotten one shot against an alabama team who knows i i, I doubt very much if Eric Derek gets well, which he should, okay? Whenever he gets well, they're not going to sit Derek on the bench. Right. I don't believe that. So yep. now is the time for Nikosi to leave because it's before spring. He can go somewhere, uh, I think he can get to wherever he's going in time for spring football, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and show himself, and whoever takes him knows, has everything they need to know. Yeah, so it's not like,
0: and he right. and he could land at a power five school. I think we will definitely be you know he'll have some schools interested. Um, I agree. You know, if not FAU FIU are always a, a very you know the the schools are always kind of getting top level quarterbacks like this. So he'll he'll <laughs> easily find a home. It's going to make the spring really interesting, obviously, with Jake Garcia, Tyler Van Dyke, and Baton Matoka as the only quarterbacks. Um, you know, we're gonna get a real glimpse at what the future after dr King looks like, and in some ways, that might be good for Miami. Obviously, you, you'd want dr King. Like we said, it's gonna be year two in this offense. Um, the the they had a chance to really make some strides in the spring after they missed the spring uh, last year, but but at least for the future, it's gonna be a, a good opportunity to see. Who the favorite is going to be to be the starting quarterback, I guess, going into 2022 and some of that type of stuff. Um, but obviously Miami would have liked to have Nicosi back. You don't want to roll into the season with three backups who basically have never played before and are multiple of them are freshmen, basically. Um, because I guess Van Dyke will be a redshirt freshman. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it, – it's not ideal for Miami, but it's not unexpected. And obviously there, there's a lot of, there should be a lot of talent in that room going into next year. Get ready
1: for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A
0: Netflix live event happening May 5th All right, uh, let's wrap up by talking about some of the uh, coaching stuff that's gone on over the last uh, week, I guess, basically. Um, It started with um, rumors and reports about Ephraim Banda, who has been Miami's co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. uh, safeties coach since Mark Rick took over, co-defensive coordinator since Manny Diaz took over, um, heading to Utah State. I to be the like head defensive coordinator there. As the co-defensive coordinator here, he was really second in command on the defense to, to Blake Baker and really kind right. of third in Manny. Um, at Utah State, he'll really get a chance to run his own defense. Um, he is taking some Miami staff members with him. Uh, Mike Zuckerman, as I mentioned at the top, has confirmed he is going. Uh, Utah State has confirmed he's going. Uh, I believe The Athletic uh, – I don't remember if you reported this also – reported Alex Devine, uh, mm-hmm. who's another uh, quality control assistant, is going uh, – and you and several outlets re- reported uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke, who has been Miami's uh, assistant recruiting director and been yeah. a quality control assistant or grad. I think a grad assistant um, is going – and, of course, is a Miami but, fan favorite. But, of days. but let me
1: – but he's not – listen – uh, but Demarcus Van Dyke, who played at Miami too, and he played for the for the Raiders and NFL. Yep. Um he's 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 not going to go now. He's he's here, and I think Barry just posted something too. Barry Jackson. I mean, Demarcus was
0: initially reported by you and others, and, and that there was an yeah. intent for him to go. Well, yeah. serve on that staff as the cornerback. He staff. was.
1: Yeah, exactly. As cornerbacks coach or some coaching cornerbacks there. But, um, you know, th- first of all, uh, I, I think uh, Mike Rumpf is, you know, like Mike Rumpf, uh, even though, you, you know, UM hasn't made anything official, quote unquote, because first many has to look to replace people. He's, right. They don't report when they – Fire somebody, or when somebody leaves, or when they part ways, whatever you want to call it. But um, I think uh, Mike Rumpf will will not be um, will not be the cornerbacks coach next year. And I'm not sure if he's. I, I know he was offered something else, <clears throat> possibly within the UM family. I don't I don't know how much that has to do. I keep thinking of Eddie Reed, you know, who played yeah. with some of these guys and. But I I don't I don't know now, as far as Mike Rumpf, is if he's still actually going to stay at UM or what, but there's going to be an uh, an opening uh, almost positive again we have to see at, you know at the end of all this but that there's going to be a cornerback's opening now Demarcus yeah. Dyke, I think who was going to go to Utah State, I, I yeah as
0: we I'll, I'll re, I can read what Barry and this is the same oh, stuff oh I you see. see. You've been yeah. kind of reporting on it also. Um, yeah. He said DeMarcus Van Dyke's UM's well – this is re- posted as we were recording this. Uh, DeMarcus Van Dyke, UM's well-regarded assistant director of recruiting in the past two years, originally was expected to accompany Ephraim Bonda to Utah State, but UM has been making an effort to retain Van Dyke. As you said, you had this on very good authority that he was planning to follow Bonda to Utah State. Obviously, yes. always change. And um, – but I yeah. don't
1: know if he'll coach cornerbacks at UM. I don't know. Yeah, it could
0: be getting a raise um, or a, a new title. Because within. he's a
1: recruiting guy. And he's very like, good in
0: the recruiting department with David Cooney.
1: Maybe, you know, he obviously wants to coach cornerbacks, I but he's never, you know, I don't know Manny's, again, thought process. I don't know if you can get somebody who has a lot of experience. But DeMarcus, I'm not sure. Maybe they give him some kind of on-field presence. I don't know how that you know what I mean. So,
0: um, well people always talk about it and it's been a topic because the national championship is in town here. Um, right. but Alabama just has like an absurd amount of like quality control assistance and obviously mm-hmm. like that's what you can do when you have Alabama money. Um and you know, they obviously, you know, Nick Saban's home for Wayward coaches has gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of years. So they kind of got this system where these guys get power, even if they don't have an, on-field, an official on-field position coaching role. And, okay. you know, Miami, they've started to do that some. Even, obviously, they're not in the Alabama conversation in terms of, like, what they're spending on these quality control and, you know, support staff type guys. But, you know, they hired Ed Reed to a, like a new position that didn't exist before. They were originally planning to hire Todd Stroud as like a off field guy before Jeff, Jeff Simpson left for the NFL. Um, you know, they've clearly undermanned Diaz and, you know, have made a concerted effort to keep talent, basically keep their like, and bring in talent. You know, they, they're not, you get what, 10 assistants or whatever that 10 coaches, I think on staff, something like that. Um but the good teams like Alabama and the teams that have money mm-hmm. basically have more than that, even if those guys can't, like, coach on game days. Um, and, you know, that's, I think, what Miami clearly is trying to do with DeMarcus Van Dyke, who they value a lot um, to what he brings to the program. Great guy. <laughs> I yeah, always, he's like a Miami, you know, fan know
1: favorite these, kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I cover them. Very nice nice guy, you know. just uh, And you know what? that That's important. Not, not yeah. just in covering them, but, I mean, it, it's important that you, you have, you know, that you, you have a good personality that, you get, you know, you get along with people because yeah. it's all about people, really. and um, uh, But I don't know, as far as DeMarcus goes coaching, I just I, – I couldn't tell you as far as, it, you know, if he's – Yeah, we, just
0: we have no idea how good right. a coach
1: is. Anyway, and by the way, yeah, Todd, you mentioned Todd Stroud. I mean that's another that's also yeah. It has been
0: reported that he is taking off the field role, but but you have not reported that yourself.
1: Uh, no, I have not. But I but I could definitely see it because he's, um, you know he's he's had the cancer survivor. Yeah, it's it's not really cancer, but it's it's a some kind of uh, you know, um, I don't know, like a blood disease, whatever. Yeah. So maybe it's um, a type. Uh, that he's had for years, and it's – he's got to be careful, you know. Yeah. I he's 57 now. And, and
0: as I mentioned, he was not originally hired to be the defensive line coach. He was originally hired to be chief of staff. And then when Jess Simpson went to the NFL. Right. He became an on-the-field position because he has – and he's been very good, I think, as a defensive line coach, clearly.
1: Yes. Oh they've had a great defensive line. Like
0: Miami's not firing him. They might say. No
1: way. Uh, apparently he's, apparently he has an option of doing something off the field too. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what how they're doing this stuff. I think that
0: would be more of like, he is like, Hey, i you know, I want to, this, this would be as much his decision as it would be my Miami's decision, where I think a lot of these other, you know, Oh, reports. I
1: think be, oh yeah. I think it's totally his decision. Yeah. That's my opinion. <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, whereas I, I, this Mike Rumpf situation is clearly uh, Miami's decision.
1: It is Manny Diaz's, yeah. Manny Diaz Mike Rumpf is the best, such a great guy, uh, also. Yeah. We
0: <laughs> I we always, talked about this off-air. It doesn't make a ton of sense for me for them to uh, let him go to bring in DeMarcus Van Dyke. You know, no disrespect to DeMarcus Van Dyke, who is – you know, done a, like I said, a really good job as assistant recruiting director, another like very friendly guy, you know, Miami fans love him. Um, But if you're getting rid of Mike Rumpf, you've got to be looking to make like an obvious upgrade there. You've got to be getting, you know, you're doing that because you see cornerback as a position of weakness and maybe DeMarcus Van Dyke will be an upgrade, but you don't know. You've got to be making a big swing um, and, Barry and Jackson. Barry, in, in the article, mentioned a guy that I've said makes sense. is Travaris Robinson, who right, was right. Auburn's defensive coordinator um, and had previously, you know, has been a cornerbacks coach um, frequently in his past. Is from Coral Park. Um, you know, so he just makes a lot of – obviously, you know, he's a guy who very well might get defensive coordinator offers, but Miami – I, I he makes a ton of sense as a guy from Miami to target at cornerback and he's a really good recruiter, which is obviously one of the big knocks that Mike Rump has gotten over the years.
1: And deservedly I think, so. I think that's the biggest knock he's gotten, actually. Yes. And I and I and uh but I think Trevaris is being recruited by Florida.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be an in demand guy because he's a really yeah. good recruiter and a really good cornerbacks coach. His track record as a defensive coordinator is a little spottier, but as a cornerbacks coach and a recruiter, he is among the best in the country.
1: Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm, I would say Florida probably has more money.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just an opinion.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Miami yeah, has the allure so, of
0: home and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Right. Um, what about Blake Baker? Well, you know. We'll, we'll finish there. Yeah. I
1: think. I well, okay. There's a couple options. Um, I think Manny is very close with him. Yeah. Somehow, I feel like if he hasn't let him go yet, maybe he's not going to. Mm-hmm. Now he maybe he's going to let him go. As I don't know this. This is this is whatever. There's all kinds of talk swirling around, but maybe he, maybe. He, steps back from his uh, defensive coordinator calling plays and defensive coordinator. And he just coaches one position safeties or linebackers. Maybe. um, And then maybe Manny takes over. um,
0: Yeah. So I I guess one thing that is notable is remember Blake Baker as, as I kind of mentioned was just a co-defensive coordinator with uh, Bonda technically and, and Baker had the power. Obviously, he was the one. Yeah, it was a group defense. effort. It was a group effort. But, but they they, all... they could they could do something similar and keep Baker as a co defensive coordinator, but really like kind of demote him and hire a guy yeah. to be the the actual head of the defense. Or as you mentioned, Manny, who's obviously taken a lot of control of the defense over the last uh, two years, um, could continue to do that. There's a lot of different ways it could go.
1: Yeah, I don't know how dangerous that. I mean. You know, Manny could call on the game day. I think Manny's very invested in the defense as it is, but
0: yeah, he says he spends pretty much all of practice over there, which is not ideal. Like that's not good.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I was just going to tell you. Uh, it's exactly what I was going to say. I I've seen it. it you know, a, a head coach has so many responsibilities, and sometimes it gets dangerous when, when if, if you're too invested in one thing uh you become kind of myopic you know you come you you you're zo- so zoned in on that that some of the other stuff gets out of hand a little bit and um i don't know i mean remember uh, mark richt was uh he wanted to be an offensive coordinator he wouldn't yeah. let oh uh, and the quarterbacks coach and the head coach it's a lot of st- a lot of responsibilities at once um so but he could he could do that because yep. Manny. that's yeah it's
0: uh a lot of different ways it could go um yeah but i, I
1: my gut is my gut is he would have let go of blake already
0: yeah I, uh, uh, we talked about this last week it like that the cheese at bowl was trending toward independence bowl territory when they scored oh, twenty-one straight to start the game, Oklahoma State. Um, it was and, worse and, than Independence Bowl. And if it had gotten as ugly as the Independence Bowl, if it had finished as ugly as the Independence Bowl had, he would have probably been fired by like New Year's Eve, much like Dan yeah. Enos was after the Independence Bowl. Yeah, that um, day.
1: That day he was fired. I think. Yeah, I think
0: happened? the next. The next day. Um, oh, next game. day. Yeah, it was a night game. So, um, or an afternoon, whatever. Uh, that that didn't happen. And right. I think it's more likely that Manny tries to like operate the fringes to make the relationship and situation work for everyone, which is a yeah. gamble that uh yeah, could it's a gamble. determine whether he is the coach here like how long he's the coach here for. I agree
1: with you on that one. So uh yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how he does. But either way, the, there's going to be a lot of new shuffling and new coaches on the defense. And yeah, and, and yeah I mean, like, I think
0: clearly they like it's impossible to act like what they did this year worked entirely. And that that's at least a
1: didn't thing work. They, yeah, they went down and everything. They went down by a lot.
0: So yeah, after the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, after the last two weeks, forget it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. They were actually
0: they were fine before that they were like a top for 35 loss.
1: well their tackles no they were pretty good they were, oh yeah and
0: like the ta- but just like the total defense and that kind of stuff they total were,
1: D- all everything except t- t- tackles for loss and um excuse me tackles for loss and and sacks they were pretty good they had still ended up among the top in the country so yeah, yeah. especially tfls
0: so, all right so let's wrap up there um yeah. Thanks as always for listening. You can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller She has you covered on all of uh, the player movement and coaching movement that surely will keep going on for the next couple weeks here. Uh, we got the national championship coming up Monday. Uh, both of us will be in attendance since it'll be at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, kind of feels like it might quiet down between now and then, and then things should pick up again the middle of next week. Um, So we'll probably be back again for another episode next week, assuming some stuff happens, and I'm assuming some stuff is going to happen. There's
1: always stuff that's going to happen.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Like I said, I'll be at the National Championship Monday, kind of handling some of the coverage in the lead-up for now. Um, But other than that, um, yeah, Yeah. we will talk to you guys next week.
1: Yes, we will, and I'll be at the title game also. Doing that great sidebar.
0: It'd be fun. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of South Floridians in that secondary, surely to make my in that Alabama secondary, surely to frustrate Miami fans. Yeah. All right, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next.
1: See you next week.